I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Six of Movie Our Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capresque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off uh, this week and our 700th episode, woohoo, is Bubbly from Fight Club Minute. Welcome back to the show, Bubba. Hey, it's uh, good to be back for one last day of the week. Well, good morning, Mr. Potter. What's the news? <laughs> So minute 80 begins with uh, Carter making a plea and ends with Billy continuing to taunt Potter. So we, we ended things yesterday with, uh, you know, George being over ecstatic uh, to be able to talk to Harry on the phone and not realizing that uh, the bank examiner is right there next to him. And what he uh, starts telling is, uh, you know, the, the bank examiner, Carter, starts uh start, ended yesterday's minute by saying now if you'll cooperate and he continues by saying i'd like to finish with you by tonight i want to spend christmas in elmira with my family do you have any idea where elmira is i have no idea i considered looking it up uh but i i figured that's that you would my my first thought whenever i hear elmira goes to the uh 90s uh cartoon tiny toon adventures that had a character named elmira oh really well oh, okay I, I i did not know that <laughs> <laughs> so basically the oh, oh do, do you know where bedford falls is supposed to take place um i i knew at one point but i don't remember okay so it, it it's a fictional town in uh, upstate new york so yeah. what I decided to do is in order to try and figure out what or where Elmira is. So I, I obviously looked it up to see if there's one in New York. And there is a city known as Elmira in upstate New York, which ha it has a population of 26,000 people as of the 2020 census, which is actually down about 3,000 people from the, the census uh, 10 years earlier, which is a decline of, of more than 7%. It is surrounded by, <laughs> on three sides, there is a town known as Elmira, which I don't really get. How can you have a town and a city uh, next to each other? You have the town of Elmira and the city of Elmira. Does that make any <laughs> sense to you? It probably has something to do with zoning and government. Possibly. And it's, uh, it's located on the southern tier of New York, uh, very close to, to the Pennsylvania state line. Uh, the, the first uh, European-American settler in Elmira was a man named Abraham Miller in the 1790s. And uh, it was known as a prison. It was, it was used as a prisoner of war camp during uh, the Civil War. 
It was in use from 1864 uh, till June 1864 until the fall of 1865, and it was known as Helmira by the inmates. The Confederate soldiers that were held there weren't weren't you weren't you pleased? There were 12,000 uh, Confederate soldiers who were incarcerated there, and nearly 3,000 of them uh, died while they were while they were there, mostly from uh, malnutrition, exp- exposure to winter weather or disease that. Uh, you know, has to do with the fact of the fact of uh, of of low uh, low sanitary conditions and the lack of medical care there. Not not necessarily a a, a place that has a uh, a great history when it comes to to those type of things. It's hard to say the distance between Elmira and Bedford Falls because of the fact that Bedford Falls is not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, Elmira has, is is has a total area of 22.5 square miles. So, and and part of that is even water. There, there's like a river that that runs through it, the Chamun River. So yeah, um, it's so it's hard to tell exactly how far it is, but uh, the bottom line is that it can't be that far if uh, he wants to get home to Elmira for for Christmas Eve. Yeah. You know, my, my assumption is it's not like a six hour drive. No, probably one one to two hours at most. Exactly. You know, this this is part of his jurisdiction. This is where he needs to go. You know, and that that's pretty much uh, what I would think about how that uh, that that fits in there. George then turns to him and goes, "Well, I don't blame you for Mr. Carter. Just step right in here. We'll fix you up." So you know, George George is pretty amicable. He you know he's he's obviously on a high because because of Harry, but he also is not worried at all about the fact that uh, that this bank examiner is there, which which tells us. That at least as of now, uh, we we know this will uh, change within uh, I guess the next few minutes of this movie. But as far as George is concerned, everything is by the books. Everything is done properly. You know, there's there's nothing to be concerned about from that perspective. Then the shot changes, and we're we're in the bank, and we see uh, Uncle Billy there standing, you know, ready to to, to work out his uh, write out his his deposit slip, and he says, "Hmm, December twenty fourth," and then he goes eight. Hey, thousand dollars now f- how much do you think eight thousand dollars is in 1945 uh compared to today's money uh what would well, be your guess see. i'll do my math based on previous inflation calculations like eight thousand uh be about fourteen thousand dollars no that's hundred and forty thousand dollars Okay, you are very close. It's one hundred thirty-six thousand. There you go. It's yeah. uh, eight thousand dollars. One hundred thirty-six thousand four hundred sixty-seven. They have made a crapload of money this week that they're being that they're depositing that sum into the bank. I mean, that's a lot of money. Maybe it's the end. Yeah, of the, although that, end of the year donations. I don't know. Although that stack of money does not look like eight thousand dollars in cash. Maybe he was using thousand thousand dollar bills. <laughs> $500. Well, I mean, them, the, you know. yeah, the, the only two bills that we that's that I can see that have a good uh, look, they're both fives. Correct. <laughs> Maybe because <laughs> there's a five on the top of the stack and there's a five in the middle of the stack. And then wouldn't it be really funny if, if the rest Uncle of Billy, the, Uncle Billy just got the money, the number wrong? It's not really 8,000. <laughs> Oh, I get $80 here. All right. That's, uh, yeah, that'll be 8000 that I should be putting down up there. 
I mean, even if the rest of those, if the rest of those would almost have to be a lot of hundreds in there. Yes. And even then, you know, it, it, it only looks like a stack of maybe 40, 40 bills. Yeah. There's the, the, and even if they were all hundreds, that, that would only be 4,000. That's right. It's it's not eight thousand dollars. <laughs> but again, yeah. Uncle Billy, Uncle Billy's delusional. So, yeah, this is the this minute and the next minute. I I feel like this kind of shows that Uncle Billy is the third villain of this this movie. Next, along with Potter and the bank examiner. You think he's a he's a villain, or he's just the the absent? You would say he's the absent-minded professor. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe not so far as the villain, but he is the reason, like he is the cause of them uh, getting, like he he's the reason why George is about to go commit suicide. So like in that respect, he's not intentionally the villain, but he's unintentionally the villain of the movie. So you're saying he's basically the Cavendish of It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's, he's the one that causes the downfall of George Bailey. Yes. Okay, that, that that is fair. And uh, you know, at this point, as he's doing it, the, the 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 camera moves a little bit over to the left, and we see Potter enter the the bank, and a whole bunch of people run over to him. And you know, we basically hear these guys are all just kissing ass still. You know, you know oh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter, Merry Christmas. You know, you have all these different people that are that that are walking up to him and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and like he doesn't even. Uh, respond very much with the way that 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 you know he likes the, he likes getting the attention obviously but uh, I don't know and then uh, you know Billy walks over and just grabs his newspaper from him <laughs> and says well good morning Mr Potter what's the news oh well 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 Harry Bailey wins congressional mail that couldn't be one of the Bailey boys you just can't keep those Baileys down. Now, can you, Mr. Potter? And then Potter snaps back and goes, how does slacker George feel about that? He goes, very jealous, very jealous. He only lost three buttons off his vest. <laughs> of course, slacker George would have gotten two of those medals if he had gone. Bad ear. Now, it, it's funny that he talks about the bad ear because, you know, he's he, he could have easily let George go. You know, he was on he was on the Jeff board as we talked about earlier this week. Oh, George Bailey, yeah. Let's send him off to, to fight in the Pacific. <laughs> he goes, yes. Yeah, I, I am curious if if you found anything out about the phrase he only lost three buttons off his vest, because I have that line stood out to me as something that I have no idea what that is supposed to mean. Okay, I mean, I have an idea. I couldn't find a specific thing, but I, I do have an idea about it. But let, let's just finish up the dialogue here. And then and then Un Uncle Billy says, yes, after all, Potter, some people like George had to stay home. Not every heel was in Germany and Japan. <laughs> and then he laughs to himself. So first of all, you got to say that Uncle Billy has a lot of guts. You know, he talks back to, to, to Mr. Potter. He calls him Potter. He doesn't say Mr. Potter all the time. He sometimes calls him Potter. You know, no, no, he doesn't really give him the any type of respect by the the way that, that he speaks to him. Obviously, at the beginning, he starts off with Mr. Potter, but then afterwards, he calls him Potter. Now, my 
my interpretation of the fact that he only lost three buttons is related to the fact that, you know, he's saying, is he jealous? And he's saying, you know, he's calm and collective that possibly he's, he, he's, uh, sitting and boasting and he's boasting so much that, that, uh, you know, the, 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 the buttons on his, on his vest popped off. Cause like he, he's like, uh, laid back and has his belly extended. That, that would be my interpretation of it. That, that what he's trying to say there. You know that 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 he lost these buttons out of pride for for what his brother mm-hmm. did, and not for any other reason. Uh, but I don't know. I, could, I couldn't find anything uh, that that explains it even better than that. Yeah, I I, I tried. I tried, you know, just uh, casually searching for it, but the only thing that kind of came up was the line from this movie. Right. Yeah, that's one of the problems when you do movies by minute and you look up things, and the only response you get is this movie, is the movie you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a problem. <laughs> and I mean, he he calls George a slacker. Do, do you know what a slacker is? What the official definition of a slacker is? I mean, I I don't know uh, the official definition of a slacker. I would imagine that it's uh, that the etymology would come from like how a uh, a rope that is not taut has slack in it. So the a slacker would be like uh, you know if you're you have a group of people that are pulling a rope, then the a slacker would have slack in front of it. So they're not actually pulling the rope along with everybody else. Hmm. Okay. That that's actually a very interesting uh, explanation that fits in with with what it means. I mean, it's basically someone who avoids work or lacks any type of work ethic, which it's ironic that uh, that Potter would call him, would call George someone who doesn't have a work ethic. You know, he knows that he does. Uh, mm-hmm. The term goes all the way back to 1790. It was mostly used during World War One. It was a way to describe someone who was not participating in the war, if, you know, possibly a draft dodger, things like that. So it could be that that's what he's referring to. Yeah, you know, that that's, that George is a draft dodger. That's what I would uh, think. Can, can yeah, you, possibly. Can you think of any pop culture movies that use the word slacker? Uh, I mean, there's the, uh, I believe it's the Jim Jarmusch movie, Slacker. Okay, I mean, I was referring to in, in the dialogue, someone who who calls everyone slackers. Um, oh, there, it was a principal. Was it the yes, it was. Breakfast Club? Nope. You're close. You, uh, got, uh, you got the right year. It was 1985. Uh, oh, uh, Back to the Future. Correct. <laughs> You're a slacker, McFly. The 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 principal, principal uh, uh, Strickland. Strickland. There you go, Principal Strickland. Thank you very much. Idea here is that Potter is trying to uh, downplay George while Billy is talking about you know how great George is, even though it's all about Harry. You know, it's 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 interesting. They're talking about Harry. They're 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 literally talking about Harry, but referring to George with everything. You know, by the way that they're that yeah. they're, they're they're sorry, they're talking about Harry, but they're fighting about George. I think that's a better way to to express it. Yeah, I, I also was fascinated by the line that uh, not every heel was in Germany or Japan. That is correct. And I I think that that's interesting, and and I'm curious how much of the the meaning of that term if that changed between the 40s and today, because I, I feel like 
looking at it from today, it could have this double meaning where he, he could be saying that not every not every heel was in Germany or Japan, as in not every American soldier was in Germany, like not every good person was in Germany and Japan. We also had good people doing work at home, but it, he could also be using the the other uh, definition of heel as in you know a a bad person like a, as in the the wrestling term heel and saying that not every enemy is in Germany and Japan referring to Potter that that's how i interpreted it i interpreted it from the wrestling uh way of calling someone a heel which is either a villain or a bad guy or someone who breaks the rules you know the antagonist so you know from from that perspective basically Potter he's saying to Potter you know not every he's saying not every heel was in Germany and Japan, meaning not all of the villains, you know, or the dictators or bad guys or whatever are are located in Germany and Japan. There are some of them here in America, like you, Mr. Potter. Yeah, although I wasn't I wasn't sure if uh, heel was used in the same way in the 40s. Yes, I, like heel. It, it was. It was. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's exactly what they're referring to here. <laughs> no, the the idea is, is that someone had to stay home to fight with the, the the cruel people here. You know, that that's that's my interpretation of 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 what he's talking about here. You know, someone had to stay here to deal with people like you. Yeah. Um yeah, and that that's pretty much all I have for this minute. Um like I said, Billy I mean, yeah. laughs at his own wit, <laughs> but he's <laughs> You know, he, he's slightly absent-minded, which we'll we'll find out more about next week. I mean, we do get the handoff, and at the end of this minute, we do see the envelope change hands from Billy to Potter. Correct, right? But 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 you don't really notice it so perfectly. You know, it, yeah, it, and, and it is also nice that you can uh, you can see that uh, Billy is wearing one of his signature um, strings around the finger. That is correct. For the, uh, to remind him of something. Yes. Which again, I think it's funny because uh, I know that you uh, like to refer to Potter as Harry Potter, and the the Billy then falls into the character of Neville Longbottom, and his <laughs> strings around his finger uh, coincides to Neville's uh, remember all. There you go. See, it makes sense. This is is the Harry Potter version of of It's Wonderful Life. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, do you have anything else for this minute before we get into uh, today's segment? Um, the I, I did notice that that we do actually see the bottom half of the paper that we talked about uh, uh, earlier this week, and we do not see the date on the bottom of the paper. So, I I was wrong in in thinking that the date might have been on the bottom half of the paper. Well, we don't see it clearly. It's not like uh, we we just see the pictures and uh, you know you can't you can't make out what's written on it. Yeah, but if if it, if the date was in the bottom, it would be in the bottom margin, right. and you can see that the bottom margin is completely blank. That's true. And the only text is, is like the the caption for the photo. Well, apparently everybody knows that it's December twenty fourth, so you don't need to write it in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yes, we're, we're 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 well aware of it. And you know Billy laughs at his own joke and and walks back to to go take care of his deposit, which for some reason has disappeared. <laughs> you know, but but it is I, I like the sleight of hand that they do here because they do it in a very subtle way that if you're really not paying attention, you don't see that the that the the envelope of money is is accidentally slipped into the 
into the newspaper. So I, I like the way they show mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, I did want to mention that I I actually just this year I had an experience finding an envelope of money. Is is it was it Uncle Billy's? <laughs> did it have eight thousand uh, dollars in, in five dollar bills? No, it didn't have eight thousand dollars, but it, it did have uh, several hundred dollars in there. Oh wow! And and you weren't yeah, you weren't able we to were, find the uh, find find the the real owners? No, we, we were just uh, doing some like last minute Christmas shopping at Kohl's uh, because my sister had given me a gift card, and we were in the shoe section, and I was looking at shoes. And uh, my two-year-old daughter was, you know, running around uh, near us, and uh, she just happened like they had a, the, you know, that the shoe chairs with the the little mirror um, at the bottom, so you can sit down and try on shoes. And there was like a, uh, like four of them uh, right next to each other, and she like reached in between two of them and pulled out this envelope, and it happened to be an an envelope of of money. And oh, wow. uh, there was no, yeah, there there was no like uh, um, identifying information. Like it, it didn't come from a wallet or anything. Uh, we were in the store for a good uh, 15, 20 minutes. We didn't see anybody that was that it could have potentially belonged to, and. Uh, yeah, that's uh, and it, that, that was like uh, it just mind blowing that that's that that happened. Oh wow! Well, very interesting, very nice. But again, maybe maybe it was uh, maybe it's part of what Uncle Billy lost. <laughs> Could be, yeah. The Potter went into the shoe store, put it in there, said, "I'm gonna hide it here. No one will ever find it." Oh damn that <laughs> that bubble wheat and his family found them on found it. <laughs> Only seventy seven years later. <laughs> How could that be? How could that be? Actually seventy eight years later because it takes place in forty five. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So every Friday we have a segment called Oscar Oops, where the idea is that over the last ninety five years that we've had the Oscars. So there are many controversies as to what movies uh, should have won instead of you know the, the the movie that was chosen. So the the idea behind the segment is to let my my guests uh, talk about their five uh, I guess favorite I don't know if that's the right word their <laughs> their the the five movies that they think were the, were the biggest mess ups in the Oscars. You know some other movie they where they feel that some of their movie is more deserving of winning that award. Obviously it must be a movie that was actually nominated for best picture that year. So what have you got first, Bubba? Start with your number five and work your way up. Well, this coming up with this list was simultaneously very easy and very difficult because I am not a I don't watch a lot of prestige movies that that would be nominated for best picture. And I I kind of as I was going through this, I also gave myself kind of the double challenge and I decided to only include years where I had seen both the best picture winner for that year as well as one other that was nominated and that I thought was equal to or better than what won that year okay, so that, that is fair and one of the yeah so one of the years that I completely threw out was uh, uh, I, th- I think there was only uh, seven years where that actually 
uh, happened where I had seen the best picture winner and one other uh, best picture nominee. I, I think our friendship and is over. One of those up. years. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those years was Schindler's List, where uh, the the fugitive was also nominated, and and my first thought was I I'm not trying to put the fugitive over Schindler's List as as fun of a movie as the fugitive was. Um, and and of course I uh, I do have to give it a quick mention uh, that I I I mean clearly because I'm spending a year covering it minute by minute I think that Fight Club should have at least been nominated in '99 which it was not so I could not include it in this list uh, so I will start with my number five which is going all the way back to 1950 which I, considering what i've said in my previous lists might be surprising that i because i have not seen a ton of black and white films okay but you've seen apparently but all I, that eve and uh my assumption is sunset boulevard that's what i would guess but i could be wrong that yeah yeah correct and, and this one was close because i did really enjoy all about eve but i think that sunset boulevard is a slightly better movie so i i would I think give the win to Sunset Boulevard over All About Eve, but that one is close, and so that's why it's number five. Uh, my number four, I am going to go with 1989, and I think that I would put Dead Poet Society over Driving Miss Daisy. And again, I I liked both I like both of these movies because um, I I did, and in, in fact, Driving Miss Daisy is one of the first movies that i can remember seeing in theaters with my parents okay. where i i would have been nine years old and i know that they like that it was a movie that my parents wanted to see and i guess it was pg so they thought it was okay to bring me along even though i'm sure i wasn't super interested in seeing drive as driving miss daisy and uh we saw it it's like the uh the dollar theater um and then my number three, I am going to go up to 1995, and I will put Apollo 13 over Braveheart, which Braveheart is is a decent movie, but I think Apollo 13 is a fantastic movie, and that's that's actually um, I, I don't tend to see movies in theaters more than once, but I I think that might be the only. Well, one of two movies I think that I've seen, two or three movies that I've seen in the theaters more than once uh, because I watched it, um, I think, with one of my friends. And then I visited my sister who lived out of state and I saw it with my sister. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and then for my number two, I will go to 2001 and I will choose the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring over A Beautiful Mind. Because I I love the entire Fellowship of the Ring trilogy, and I I do think that a, a Beautiful Mind is great, but Fellowship of the Ring is the one movie, especially of the trilogy, that I can keep coming back to over and over. And I I think it's so well done, and I think that where it cuts uh, at the end of the movie is a a logical cut for the trilogy. And it's, I mean, the whole trilogy is fantastic, of course. Yes. And then my number one, I am going to go back to 1994 Ooh. and put Pulp, Pulp Fiction 
over Forrest Gump. I, I knew that's where you were going. Which I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't write it down, but I think I had seen one other nominee from 94, which I don't remember off the you've, top of you've my never head. Seen but, uh, and I, I have never seen Shawshank. Uh, I, I think this is the last time I'm inviting you back here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I do keep wanting to go back to it, but my last, you know, my first podcast film wise was all about how I hadn't seen a lot of these great classic movies. And and so I would have people come on to give me an excuse to watch some of these classic movies. And I, I definitely had Shawshank Redemption on the list of potential movies for someone to choose for a film wise episode but uh no one had uh picked that one just yet oh, wow. you see you see you just and, didn't have uh, me on the maybe, show, so, you know. <laughs> maybe i'll get back to it <laughs> i you know one of these days whenever i magically have uh, more time and 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 not dealing with three other podcasts at the same yeah, time as well trust me <laughs> i'm very familiar all right great thank you very much for that list that was that was great so do you want to one last time this this week uh tell people where they can find bubbly uh sure i you know i since since i just mentioned it uh i will go ahead and plug you know my older podcast which uh was called film wise and that's film w-h-y-s which uh I uh, uh, it stands for the why haven't you seen this film two movies that uh, I brought up in the Oscar oops list uh, those were all previous episodes that I watched for the first time through that podcast so there's I cover a lot of classics as well as a lot of superhero movies which is often not a fair trade but it's always a fun discussion okay and Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So, Bubba, thank you very much for joining me this week. It was quite insightful. I will be back Monday with a new guest. But until then, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.